because we are talking about being better together. We're in the series, right? And I get to continue to talk to you about it. And uh, one of the ways that we can be better together is by learning to cheer each other on. And so you don't need to be like an actual cheerleader. Just got hands, you got a pom-pom, you got a mouth, we're good, okay? We can do this. Um, so how many people present, in person, or online um, have run a marathon before? Just show of hands. Wow, you got some super awesome athletes in here. How many have done a 10K or a 5K? Okay, more hands. Good job. One mile? My one milers, you know, requirement for school. I had to do it. Um, <laughs> and uh, how many of us run to the bathroom? That is like the running that we're kind of to. Yes, cheering section over here. I love it. Um, and online, you can just comment what kind of runner you are. It's all good. No judgment. Just go ahead and let us know what kind of runner you are. But um, how many people... Um, have actually just thought about running a marathon, and that's all it's ever been, a thought. Yeah, my kind of people, my kind of people. That's, that's what it's been for me, a good thought. But I'm curious to know um, how many of you here would consider yourselves marathon runners? No, okay, that's okay. But what if I told you that you all are Marathon runners. You're a marathon runner. You're a marathon runner. You're a marathon runner. Everybody gets to be a marathon runner. Yes, I am channeling my inner Oprah over here. You know, everybody gets to be a marathon runner. And this is what I'm talking about. If you open your Bibles or if you want to read on the screens with us, in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd or cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. See, your life with Jesus is a marathon. So in a spiritual sense, we are all marathon runners. See, and in this life, there is one thing that we all need more of. This one thing makes a difference um, when you're exhausted and on the verge of giving up. This one thing has the power to ignite passion this one thing is a sure way to build others up, but just the opposite can tear them down. In a time where depression and anxiety are on the rise, this one thing has the power to stir hope. So what is this one thing? Let's find out together. In the last service, somebody said, Jesus. And I said, yes, he is always the answer, but not the one we're going to talk about today in that case. But I'm going to be straightforward with you. This is going to be kind of talk that requires your participation. So for some of you that maybe that's going to be out of your comfort zone, I'm going to invite you today to just be a little bit uncomfortable, if that's okay. Um, if you're online, I don't know, grab a broom or something, whatever you have that you can kind of just shake a little bit, or maybe your feather duster, you know. Um, 
But um, I, you know, had to dig back into my cheerleading days for this. So I worked really hard on it. So I'm going to need your help, okay? Here we go. Give me a C. C. Good job. Give me an H. A. Give me an E. e. Give me another e. e. Give me an R. R. What does that spell? Cheer. Oh, you guys are awesome. Yes. Give yourselves a pom-pom there. A pom-pom cheer. Good job. I know uh, my, 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 my adopted mom, Jackie Plater, is loving it. So <laughs> um, I learned from Anne. What can I say, you guys? I, I am a good learner. I, I, take, I take notes, you know. Um, so here we are cheering for each other in the service. But um, cheer is important, and I think that you and I are better together when we learn to cheer for each other. We are better together when we cheer for each other. And maybe for some of you, as the young people would say, that was cringe. But this is why we did it, and this is what I want you to know. You have the ability to fill others with courage. Your cheer gives others courage. And that's why it's important. And it's not, not only do you give others cheer, but you are worth cheering for. Why don't you tell it to the person next to you? I know my introverts don't love this, but tell the person next to you, you are worth cheering for. If you are online, you can comment, you are worth cheering for, or I am worth cheering for. So, so this talk is about being each other's greatest cheerleaders or greatest encouragers. We are better together when we encourage or cheer each other on. See, because the reality is, and you are well aware of it, that we live in a world that is generous with its criticism and its ridicule, but stingy when it comes to giving its cheer and encouragement. We live in a nation where words that constantly divide and tear down are spoken or tweeted and it's so easy to find things to boo at or tweet at. And we also live in a time where people are more discouraged, anxious, isolated, and depressed, according to current studies. So because of this reality, and I'm sure you have experienced discouragement, discouragement comes so easy. And like I told you, we are all marathon runners, and running a marathon is tiring. I mean, I've heard. I've never done it. But it's tiring. It's exhausting. And that is why cheer or encouragement matters. Cheer, encouragement matters because we are running a race that requires perseverance or resilience, as our e-kids have been learning about. And without encouragement, you are more likely to give up. I know you know this. Without encouragement, you are more likely to give up. So the word encourage is defined as the act of building up or edify, the act of bringing comfort or courage or cheer. So to cheer is to encourage or to put courage into someone. I love that definition. See? Because the Proverbs 18.21 tells us that the power of life and death are in the tongue. So we have the ability to speak life or to bring about death. And we can use it as a megaphone to shout out criticism 
or we can use it to shout in courage. And it's really our choice. You can be loud about your criticism or you can be loud about your encouragement. And maybe you, like me, grew up in a family where there was only two volumes ever, loud and louder. Right? And so, and so you choose your loud. In a world that is loud with booze, what if we cheer instead? And that's why we know we got these, because we want you to really think about it when you go home. And see, a while back, Carlos ran a 10K, and I was asking him, you know, was there a point in the race where you wanted to give up? And he answered, yes. But when I heard people's shouts of encouragement, things like, you can do it, keep going, you're doing great, it motivated me to keep going. And this is not just his experience, but it's an experience known to runners, because it's amazing how much better you run with encouragement around you. And so the most important race you know that, that you and I will ever run is the one we run for God as we seek to live a life that is honoring to him. Wouldn't it be nice if your race was always lined up with encouragers? I love that. You know, I got to go to um, the, a workshop and the speaker had somebody introduce them. And I, I want somebody like that young man because he was the hype man. He was like, this guy, he's written books, he's done this, but he's amazing. He's, he was saying amazing things about, I was like, I don't even know him, but I want to be his friend because, like, sounds like this person is amazing. But see, wouldn't it be nice to run in the race of life and constantly have people hyping you up, encouraging you, cheering you on? Man, it is amazing. And so you won't always have that, though, right? But you can always purpose to cheer for others. And he calls us to encourage each other every day until the sun returns, Hebrews 3.13 says. And Paul, Paul knew the power of encouragement. This Paul that Jared was talking about earlier, he knew the power of encouragement. And see, Paul writes his letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 16 through 18, and he mentions someone who has been a tremendous encouragement to him. And it says, May the Lord show special kindness to Onesiphorus and all his family because he often visited and encouraged me. He was never ashamed of me because I was in chains. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. This guy was serious about encouragement. Even when it wasn't easy for him to encourage Paul, he fought against trying to find him so that he could encourage him. And see, and in Philippians, Paul also mentions this other guy, Ephroditus, um, and he talks about how he considered him his cheerleader. So we need to be that for each other. And cheer and encouragement matters because in a world that is constantly tearing us down, we need to build each other up. I heard author and speaker Joe Saxton say, words build worlds. And that's the power of words. I mean, God spoke and he created, right? And so our words are meant to edify and build up. To be like a brick by brick being added onto someone's life. You are loved. God sees you. Don't give up. 
man, the way you lead with clarity, I thank you for that. And you can just continue to build that up in people's lives. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.11 tells us, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. See, they were doing it. And Paul just wants to remind them, keep doing it. Keep encouraging. Keep building each other up. So Evergreen, keep encouraging each other. See, when we cheer, we don't have time to judge or ridicule. So you choose your loud. And studies have shown that encouragement positively affects children more than criticism. Did you know that? I wish my mom would have known that. <laughs> I love her, though. She did her best. Um, so parents, encourage what you want to see in your children. What do you want to see? Speak that encouragement into their lives. See, and the author of Hebrews writes this, and he says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up, meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but not you. You all showed up today, so good job. But encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25. See, um, this author is reminding them, spur each other on, cheer each other on, encourage each other to good deeds. You know, sometimes the best thing you can do is show up, and that will be your best cheer. Because sometimes when people go through difficult things, it's hard for me to know what to say. Like my, my friend shared with us that she, she got a pretty bad diagnosis this week, and I, I didn't know what to say, but we're with you. You know, so sometimes the best thing you can do is show up for people, and that'll be a really good cheer. And I love that the author says meeting together. See, encouragement happens when we come together. So we need to, you are here, and I'm so glad that you're here. Keep doing it because this is how we build each other up. And another reason why encouragement matters is that we don't know where people are in their story. We don't know. A few weeks ago, a group of us got to go to a conference in Atlanta called Orange and one of the speakers, Carlos Whitaker, really impacted me with um, the way that he encouraged someone in their story. And he said, you can affect far more people together than alone. And he went on to share the story of a man that he met at an airport. I have a video, so let's, let's watch. Tony Valentine Carter has been playing the piano for six decades. His stage for the last seven years, a corner of Concourse A at Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport in Atlanta. People love having live music. They've had a weary travel day, and they're not expecting this. And it just changes everything. I love this job. On Thursday, Tony's playing caught the attention of Carlos Whitaker, an Instagram influencer with more than 200,000 followers. Tony telling Carlos about his long battle with kidney disease. The second he told me that he's on dialysis nine hours a night, wakes up every morning and, and goes and plays the piano for tips for four hours, I go, this brother's about to get a big tip. 
Carlos so captivated by Tony's story, he wanted to make a difference and asked his followers to help. Let's go. That's it right there. Let's see how much we can raise in 45 minutes for this saint of a human. During a break, Carlos delivers the amazing news. So I put my Venmo out there, and in 35 minutes, I need to let you know that I'm about to give you $10,000. They just deposited $10,000. Oh, they? 170,000 strangers that loved your piano playing, and I asked them to give you money. You deserve this, bro. Your wife deserves this. You, I don't even know you, but I love you. Days later, that tip would grow to more than $70,000. The kindness of strangers changing one piano man's life forever. You don't have to say nothing. I love you. I got to catch my flight. Take care of that wife. You right here. Come on. Come on. Come on. Isn't that amazing? Over $70,000 to help this man in his journey. Well, maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not an influencer. I don't even know how to use social media. Well, and maybe you're thinking, I can't encourage people like that. But maybe you can be like this mom who sees someone in their struggle and encourages them. Maybe you can have empathy towards someone and speak courage in the midst of their fear. See... You've heard me, if you've been here for the past year and a half, share this story. But Charlie Joy, for the first six months of her life, was on an NG tube. And one of the appointments we had was at Dornbecker. And I remember this one time just feeling just, it was a hard day. And having to be there and realizing, like, man, we're going to have to feed her while we're there. And it's so hard because her feeding required an NG tube that would attach to her. And then it would attach to this tube. And then we had to, like, fill it up and make sure we didn't spill the milk and make sure that the breast milk is cold and all that fun stuff that you know, moms, you, you struggle with on a regular basis without a tube. And I remember doing that. And this lady comes, a stranger at Dornbecker, she says, hey, I just want you to know, man, being a mom and having a baby is so hard. But having to do this must be so much harder. He's like, but you're doing a great job. And God sees you. And she walked away. And afterwards, like, <laughs> yeah, thank you, God. You know, like, and, and in that moment, she spoke, spoke courage into me. Because I was dealing with some fear and some grief and just, you know, the season was very stressful and a lot of anxiety. So having her share that with me really encouraged me. And then and there was another time that, you know, I decided to join a community uh, on Facebook, a group called um, Mamas Helping NG2 Babies. And so I joined this group and... Um, this mom posted that she had a bunch of supplies that she had left over, and she was offering them for free. And to me, it was like, oh, my gosh, yes, please give us all the free medical supplies because, you know, our insurance is having some trouble covering some of them. So, yes, I jumped on it right away, and the mom packaged everything and sent it to me. But I loved that it didn't just end with the supplies, but she was thoughtful enough to include a note. And I saved this note. Because God used that little note to give me courage 
when the journey was really hard and exhausting. So moms, you are doing an amazing job. Keep it up. And see, your cheer gives others courage. You have the ability to fill others with courage. And I think one of the reasons we have letters that Paul wrote to Corinth and Philippi and Galatia and Thessalonians and the list goes on was because he was speaking courage into them. He was encouraging them cheering them on. So if you're lacking a little bit of courage, sometimes the best way to get it is by opening up this book. Or you know it's really hard when you're in a dark place. Sometimes it's hard for you to see the truth of what the Word of God says. It's really good to have people around you that can speak it into you, the truth of God. So how can we be a cheerleader or an encourager to someone? So glad you asked. Because I have some practical ways for you. I would say, one, make it a daily discipline. Set a reminder on your phone. If you're like me, I forget a lot of things unless I write them down or have Siri or Alexa remind me. You know, sometimes I tell Carlos, but he's not as good as Alexa or Siri, so I have to trust technology. But you can do that, too. You, you can just allow, um, you know, make it a daily discipline. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Holy Spirit, who do you want me to encourage today? This week, as I was just thinking about my friend Melody, I really just sensed, like, you should text her because she received a a cancer diagnosis recently. And so I said, hey, just want you to know that you're in my heart today, and I'm praying for you. God is with you. And she texts back, this is so timely. Today is a big day of a lot of big tests, and I'm just dealing with some anxiety. Thank you for praying. See, and the Holy Spirit knows the courage that other people need to hear. So ask him. Make it an intentional act to champion others. Um, As Hebrews says, let us consider how we can spur one another towards good deeds. And then um, an author writes, cheering each other on in the Lord is vital to healthy relationships. We were created to live, we weren't created to live life alone. And Paul's heart was to, to be strengthened by the church, but likewise, their boldness for Christ was strengthened by Paul's ministry. So encouragement goes both ways. And in a sense, they championed each other. So who can you champion in this season? And another thing you can do is be specific with your encouragement. What do we know about that person or what, how, you know, how can you encourage them? Do you see that they have the gift of empathy? Then you can point that out and say, man, the way that you care for others is really genuine. And I see that in you. But I want to talk about one more way that, and there there are many ways that you can encourage. These are just very, you know, simple things you can do. But there, there is a long list of what you can do. Another thing you can do is say their name. 
See, many runners write their names on their clothing when they're running a marathon, or even um, they get a marker and write it in their arms or on their legs. And there is a reason for this. It has been scientifically proven that hearing your own name stimulates the brain and carries feelings of encouragement. So learn people's names. I had a young girl when I used to pastor down in L.A., and her name was Valeria. And I don't know, for some reason, I, the name just stuck to me. And I remember in her graduation dinner, she thanked me and said, thank you for knowing my name. When you said my name, I knew that you saw me. So say their name. And for those of us that have trouble remembering, I ask the Holy Spirit all the time, Holy Spirit, help me remember people's name. And this runner says, when I heard my name at a 20-mile Uh, When I was at 20, uh, mile 20, and heard encouragement from my friends, I was able to find energy to keep moving even though I was hurting. People need your encouragement. And I'm going to end with this. The editors of Homiletics uh, recount Muhammad Ali's answer to the question of the greatest lesson that he'd ever learned. And he told the story of a heavyweight title bout against Sonny Liston in 1964. And he says that Liston was the strongest man that I'd ever fought. Every time it hit him, it hurt me worse than it did him. I gave him everything I had. When the sixth round ended, I was completely spent. I couldn't even raise my arms. I couldn't even stand up to go back into the ring. I'm going home, I told trainer Angelino, Angelo Dundee. I'm not going back in there. Hearing this, Dundee demanded that Ali get ready to go in. Ali refused. The bell rang, and still Ali didn't leave his seat. Dundee pushed him and shouted, Get in there and don't come out until you're the heavyweight champion of the world. Says that Ali struggled to his feet, but Liston didn't. And at the end of the fight, Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay, was the new heavyweight champion of the world. And he says, the greatest lesson I've ever learned is to have someone pushing you and making you do things you don't think you can do. See, when you've given life everything you've got and it's not enough, that's when you need someone in your corner Someone to cheer you on. You need someone reminding you that God wouldn't have asked you to do something you can't finish. You need someone to push you back into the ring until you become the champion that God intends you to be. You were never intended to fulfill your calling on your own. So is there an Angelo Dundee in your life? Or can you be a Dundee in someone else's life. First Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. And my cheer for you today, don't give up. God sees you. He loves you. God's not done with your story. Don't lose heart, Jesus tells us. Take courage, for I have overcome the world. 
God uses you to encourage me. So thank you for showing up and encouraging me in the way that you do, Evergreen. And my last question for you today is what life, what lives are you cheering on? Would you close your eyes right where you are? And I want to make this invitation to those that are in person and those that are listening online or watching online. And maybe you're here today and maybe you've not had someone cheer you on. Maybe you've not experienced encouragement. I want to invite you today to allow yourself to be encouraged or to pray, God, I need encouragers in my life. Would you bring those encouragers in my life? See, Jesus is our greatest encourager. He is an advocate for us. And he champions us in front of God. So maybe you're here and you've not said yes to a relationship with Jesus. I want to invite you today, give you an opportunity that you would say yes to the invitation that you have to walk in relationship with Jesus. To say yes to him being the savior of your soul says that Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance, that he died, he sacrificed, he died on the cross so that you would know um, life, everlasting life. But maybe you've never had an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. I want to invite you today, whether you're online or in person, if you're here and you've not said yes to Jesus, but today with everybody's eyes closed, you would like to say yes to Jesus or say, God, I want to be forgiven for my sins. I want a relationship with you right there where you are. Would you look up at me as everybody's eyes are closed so that I can agree with you. If there's anybody online, you can comment me and we'll know to follow up with you. If there's anybody here, you want to say yes to Jesus, you want a relationship with them, you can look up at me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, church. Father, we are so grateful that you are our greatest encourager. Your Holy Spirit helps us in those moments where we lack the courage to keep moving, to keep going. But Lord, you've called us to this race, to finish our race. So I pray that in those moments where we are exhausted, that you would give us strength, that you would renew our strength. And I pray that as a community, that we would be better together by cheering each other on. I pray that you would help us to be each other's greatest cheerleaders. Holy Spirit, give us insight on how to cheer or encourage the person that is next to us, the person that is in front of us, in our families, in our church community, at our workplaces, in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, I'm going to invite you to say amen, which means let it be so. Amen.